I thought success was going to be money, a big house, right. all of that. But I was in business for years and years and years and was suddenly on paper worth about $2 million. And I was more unhappy than I'd ever been in my life. You. Welcome to I Missed Me. I am so grateful and so excited to have you here. I've had the chance to have conversations with you, but mostly to observe you on the type of human being that you are. And I am just so grateful to have you here. You are so wise and I am just so excited for people to listen to you. Um, and my my audience is very young, so I think they're going to find a lot of value in your words and just thank you so much for, for being here. Welcome. You're the first male on, on this show. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I am doubly honored to be here. <laughs> I had the chance to talk with Lisa this morning yes. and we were kind of talking about relationships and the type of relationship and person that she was before she was in this healthy relationship with you. Mm. And I kind of want to ask the same because I want to know who was Tom before, not before Lisa, but before he was ready to meet Lisa. Right. Interesting. So mm -hmm. uh, as the first guy, I, I feel compelled to say men and women come at this very differently. Uh, so for me, I was really just trying to be good with women. Like I knew I would eventually uh, fall in love, but I, Lisa's the only woman I've ever told I loved you to. When wow. I met her, I did not believe I was ever going to get married. Um, I, yeah, I mean, to be just like really blunt, I was just trying to get laid and, uh, I was very bad at that for a very long time. And then I figured it out and then it was hysterically simple. And I, uh, was just shocked at how easy it was, but that it took me so long to figure out. And so it really was from one day to the next, mm. I could not find success with women. And then it was like, somebody gave me a key to the lock. And then I was like, oh, cool. Now I get it. Uh, and then thankfully met Lisa after that. Uh, and then we connected so much. I was like, well, I'm either never getting married or I'm marrying this woman. Uh, and the rest is history. So you found wom woman to be easy at some point is what you're saying? Well, yeah, that from just uh, the ability to um, be compelling enough to a woman that you can be intimate. Yes, right. I <laughs> unlocked that lock. And what is that point where you're like, if I actually want to get married one day, I have to like work on the way that I view women, maybe? It wasn't that I needed to work in the way that I viewed women. That wasn't so much how I saw it. It was really understanding that this is a game of psychology or maybe saying it's an art form is better. Like there's a real art. And mm -hmm. so it isn't enough to be a good person. You have to know how to be attractive. Mm -hmm. And so that's presenting yourself in a certain way. And so the real key for anybody listening, in case there's a couple guys sneaky listening to the <laughs> podcast here, um, the, the real key is you can't have fear of loss. And so if you go into a relationship needing that person to validate you in some way, um, you'll lose because they'll be able to tell you'll move differently. You'll talk differently. But if you are interesting, which rule number mm -hmm. one, go actually become interesting. Uh, if you are interesting, then you just need to present yourself as you are. And hey, maybe this works out. Maybe it doesn't. I'm going to be exactly who I am and have fun. And P.S. Be interested in the other person. So it's not just like I'm here to say who I am and I don't care about you. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm going to be who I am. 
And now I'm going to focus all my attention on you. And I really want to get to know who you are, like really sincerely. And so I get that most women I meet are not going to be interested in me. So I'm essentially <laughs> a filtering mechanism, mm -hmm. trying to find the people who would be interested in me that I'm also interested in. in. And then I'm going to go into this saying, ah, it probably doesn't work out. That's fine. But like, I'm really going to engage. I'm really going to try to understand you. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to show those things that make me, um, compelling and I'm going to trust my instincts and I'm going <laughs> to say things maybe other people wouldn't say. Um, and yeah, there, it's a really, it's a one, two punch. It is one, you need to be a singular mind. You need to be different than other people. You need to be who you really are. Mm. And then you need to be completely unafraid of loss. And so if you are interesting and are worthy of um, that attention that you're asking for, and you're not afraid to be like, oh, cool, this didn't work out. Awesome. Peace. I wish you the best. Then it is scandalous uh, how easy it is to connect and move things forward. Do you think there's fear of loss today? Well, this will come down to the individual. I think people are so insecure that they cannot help but present themselves as being terrified of loss because they're afraid to be rejected. Mm -hmm. And once I realized, oh, even if you're not confident, you have to find a way to step into the confidence. You have to. Even if you're going to fake it, fine. It's not as ideal as embodying it, but that's better than being like, well, the real authentic thing is that I'm super nervous and I'm super insecure and insecurity is is the anti-seducer. So mm -hmm. you just can't, you can't. And I tried it. Hey, everybody, I ran the experiment for you. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so I was being sincere. I would show up with poetry and flowers mm -hmm. and like really try to like be whatever you needed and like make sure you're comfortable and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so even if women tell you that's what they want, it's a lie. It is not what they want. They want someone that's going to be um, hard to obtain Somebody that they feel they're reaching for a little bit that maybe is a little bit out of their league. Um, somebody that is confident and makes them feel better about themselves. And if you can be sincere, be sincere because you don't want to bullshit. But if you can be sincere, make the other person feel like they're more fascinating when they're around you than when they're not. Like when you can draw that out of somebody, it makes them feel awesome. And mm. it also gives you a chance to see like, am I actually into this person? Um, it's amazing. But you also have to be able to open yourself up and like look for real connection. And I wasn't uh, a passport stamper. Like I'm not just trying to be like, oh, another, you know, stamp in my book. Um, and I let that be out there. Yeah, it's, Getting into the nitty gritty is really fascinating hmm. about like how to build sexual tension without being gross, um, how to discover who somebody is and be intriguing and all of that stuff. It's a really delicate dance, but so man, when you get it right, it is really fascinating. Do you think that were you clear on all of those things before you met Lisa or is it, is it yes, knowledge that you got? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, if I wasn't clear about that when I met Lisa, I never would have been able to Get, seduce Lisa right. in, in a positive way. I don't mean that in like a Nikki way. Right, right, right. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to make myself attractive to her. Mm -hmm. How do you draw? Because the first thing that, that you said when, when we met you and we first 
came here was like, I'm obsessed with my wife. Yes. And I feel like that's the most beautiful thing ever. Yes. And I want my husband to say that when, we, when we're married. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned on like her podcast that you don't know who you are without Lisa. Yellow. How do you draw yeah. the line of like between like codependency yeah. and that like, you know, like, so oh, yes. you know who you are, but like you don't want to be codependent, but you love a person so much that you don't know. How who said I don't want to be codependent? No, no, no. I'm, I'm asking like, I how do you. I think that's become like a real thing today. Okay. So, so look, you. Uh, Lisa okay, and I are codependent. Okay, what's your opinion uh, on codependency? Okay. Like my mood is influenced by her mood. There's okay. no doubt. That's like, interesting we, because she said the, the, uh, the, another thing. She said the opposite. Right. Yeah. No, she, I, I think <laughs> if you left me alone, for her, I can convince her that that's not true. So, um, I, I know what she is getting at, which is you have to be two distinct individual people. Otherwise, um, mm -hmm. so for instance, we have a rule. If I'm knocked to my knees, I'm not, I don't want her to get on her knees with me and cry with me. I want her to offer me a hand, pick me up, brush me off and remind me of who I'm trying to become. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that we succumb to each other's emotions. I'm saying I'm influenced by her emotions. Mm -hmm. If she's sad, I want to do something about it. Right. Um, so I have like I couldn't be happy if she were miserable. Right. So it's and I, I think she would agree. Look, it's, you know, how you set the, the, question, the question up, you're going to get a slightly different answer. But one thing we've always talked about is we are. Um, independently codependent. So we're both very much strong-willed individual people who are very comfortable making our own decisions in life. But at the same time, we understand that we are running the experiment of what does it look like to share a life, to mm. share a life. So all of our decisions will impact each other. And we've completely removed divorce off the table. Like we call it the D word. We don't, we don't even joke about <laughs> it. Um, and so look, there are rules. And like, if, if I were to, she always says cheat or beat. So if I cheat on her or we're physically violent towards That's her, crazy. then she would not stay with me. And rightfully so. Um, but that's so like, I'm never going to do that. Right. So it's, it really is effectively we're going to be together forever. And so when you think about that, then it's like, okay, well, we have to figure this out. We have to navigate this well. And we've been together since we were so young mm -hmm. that when I say, I don't know who I would be without her, I mean, I don't know who I would have become without her influence. And so we were just talking about this the other day. I'm sad that people are like pushing off finding love later and later. Like I've got these, a really diehard group of young guys that work for me. And they'll ask me, do I find love now or do I wait? And my answer is life doesn't have anything better to offer you than love, not money, not success, love. And, but not love in a love isn't love. If it's unrequited, it's something else. Like this is like where you're sharing a life where you both are the highs and the lows. Like this is, this is a package deal. Like you're going to go through some shit together. But I really believe, and this is going to be unpopular as hell with your generation, <laughs> but I will tell you right now, men and women are different. There is a reason that we have evolved the way that we have evolved. And I think that evolution has created this uh, dichotomy as a way of saying, okay, all genes care about is that they are propelled into the next generation. So we are optimized to 
just increase the likelihood that we will have kids that live long enough to have kids. Mm. So now it's like, okay, well, if we were better off making sure that our genes passed, we would just do asexual reproduction. Plenty of species do it. So we don't do it for a reason. And the reason is that you need the genetic mixing to make sure that the child is more diverse and more resilient to pathogens, to whatever. Uh, and then also the reason that we pair bond is that child is more likely to survive if there's two of us taking care of it. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, now you have different energies. You have a masculine, aggressive, uh, dominant, physical, violent, rough hmm. energy, which is going to be very important, especially for boys. And then you have feminine nurturing, gentility, um, cooperation, more strategic energy, right? So, okay, cool. Now you've got both of these energies. So now you have diversity of ideas as well. And so when you realize that when you come together as a couple, you're, you have these different modes of moving through the world. So I'm extremely ambitious. I'm hyper aggressive. Uh, and Lisa is very strategic and she's very logistical. And when we first got together, because we are old, uh, <laughs> she wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to go start my own company or anything like that. She, she wouldn't have said, I'm going to be a housewife. That was an accident, but very much her mode of interacting with the ambitious side of the world was through me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't direct. So she would say, you need to go do this and ask for this and push for that. And so she would reward me emotionally when I was aggressive or pushed or was getting better, right? All the behaviors she wanted to mm -hmm. see, she rewarded mm -hmm. all the behaviors that felt weak to her or like, they're not going to get us where we want to go. And she wasn't like sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to reward this. I'm going to punish this. It was just, she liked certain things. And so naturally would reinforce it with enthusiasm, with attention, with praise. Besties, I would have never imagined having and owning a business until I found Shopify. I've told you the story before when I was 17, I decided to start my clothing brand and I was only able to make it because I found Shopify. Seriously, besties, selling and having an online store is so easy just because of Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Besties, seriously, I could not recommend Shopify more. I would have never imagined having the business that I have. You guys know that I sell hoodies. It's called I Miss Me Project now, but... It's all because of Shopify. It is so easy to use and I am someone who's really, really bad with technology, believe it or not. So I love Shopify. It's just super easy to use, so easy to design, to sell and to ship. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mafiansudes, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mafiansudes now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, besties at shopify.com slash mafiansudes and sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify. Hey besties, I am so sorry to interrupt you, but I have to share this with you guys because if you are someone who's trying to learn a new language, then Rosetta Stone is definitely for you. One of my biggest New Year's resolutions is definitely to learn a new language. I speak Spanish, I speak English, and I want to learn a new language in 2024. And that is why I am extremely, extremely excited that I found Rosetta Stone. 
So besties, if you're someone who wants to learn a new language because you have an upcoming international trip or because you want a way to connect with your family or with new friends or understand certain pop culture or just to learn a new skill or hobby, then you need Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages to offer. It immerses you in many ways, which makes learning a new language so much, so much easier. Don't put off learning that language because there is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, I Missed Me's listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Thank you so much, Rosetta Stone, for sponsoring today's episode. Besties, who is a fan of cowboy boots like me? Tecovas is my new favorite boot brand because they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort style and service. Their western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time honored individual steps. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, and handmade down in the boot making capital of the world, Beyond Mexico. Tecovas is western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe western staples. Besties, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas. You will see they will become your new favorite footwear. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. Again, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S to get your new pair of cowboy boots. Thank you so much, Tecovas, for sponsoring today's episode. And then there were things that she thought were dumb and didn't make sense, and why'd you handle it that way? And so in just wanting to please her, in wanting to have her look at me like I'm her hero to feel sexually potent and powerful. I needed to look at, okay, how'd she respond to that? Right. And so a lot of it was unconscious, but over years you start to realize, whoa, like all of those little nudges that you've given me in one direction or another have now added up to my value system. Hmm. And so you've shaped like all of your behaviors. Behaviors are the only thing that matter but your behaviors are downstream of your beliefs and your values. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's able to manipulate your beliefs or your values, then they're they're ultimately manipulating your behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so it just became really clear that we were both doing that to each other, that just as much as I honestly don't know who I would have become had I not met her, she doesn't know who she would be, have become if she had not met me, mm-hmm. right? And so I want that for people. There's no way to rush it. But I want that for people. I want them to find somebody that is worthy of shaping them. That is so beautiful. And I want to talk about, now I want to talk about your beliefs because I've always been super curious. You're not religious, but I don't, you don't use the word spirituality either, do no, you? it kind of freaks me out. <laughs> what, would you label it somehow? Um, I am in awe of what I know to be true. Now I say what I know to be true because I'm sure I will learn that a lot of what I believe is true now, I will realize is not true down the road. Mm. But I stand in awe of the universe, whatever that Mm -hmm. is, right? So the universe is expanding, expanding into what? What came before the Big Bang? Why is there something instead of nothing? Um, I don't know. 
and mm. nobody does. And that fills me with wonder and with awe. And I'm beside myself that there's obviously something bigger than me. And I doubt I have the intellectual capacity to understand it, even if somebody could explain it to me. Mm. Um, and so that reverence that I feel for what life is and the laws of physics and again, what I know mm. to be true it's extraordinary. So it fills the God-shaped hole okay. in my heart because I think everybody has that. Everybody needs reverence. Mm. Everybody needs to kneel to something. And I kneel before what is, that the world is beyond my comprehension. It's unbelievably beautiful. The human experience is full of tragedy and joy and just so many incredible and horrible things. And to be here and be alive and be in it is is really extraordinary. But everybody's attempts to explain it and formalize it, I <laughs> think, are obviously inaccurate. Mm -hmm. What are those moments or like people that you say have influenced your beliefs the most? Uh, whew, okay, so Star Wars <laughs> <What? laughs> uh, really shaped my belief system. That led me to Taoism. And Taoism changed the course of my life. Uh, so that was probably the biggest thing early on. And then you start just getting into the real knife fight of everyday life. And then Carol Dweck and a growth mindset. That's what I cobbled together. Unfortunately, I didn't read her book until I was deep into my 30s. But um, that really put words to the beliefs that I'd been cobbling together about how somebody should act and how they should think and um, all of that. But those are, yeah, those are the big things that shape my belief system for sure. And then just again, living life. So um, being in a loving family planted seeds in my mind about the power of a stable home life, mm. um, falling in love with Lisa and navigating all of the things that we've navigated showed me that, oh, wow, this is the greatest thing life has to offer me mm. to be somebody's number one, to love and be loved, to open yourself up to being wounded and then not have that person wound you. Uh, the way that that just gives you faith mm. that somebody really can protect that soft spot. I mean, you, if you're in a high functioning relationship, you're showing the person, if you stick a knife right here in this spot, it will kill me. Mm. And then they don't hmm. and they have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and they don't do it. That's magical. You use growth mindset a lot and your definition of success is fulfillment, right? Yes. Has it always been that way or was it like you thought success was one thing and obviously you reached what a lot of people would say success now. And is that where you discovered like su success is not actually like the definition that I had of success or? Yeah. So unfortunately I have almost everything I know in my life. I learned the hard way. It's part <laughs> of why I think I'm good at explaining it because I understand mm. where the pitfalls are. Uh, so I thought success was going to be money, a big house, right. all of that. Um, but I was in business for years and years and years and was suddenly on paper worth about $2 million. And mm. I was more unhappy than I'd ever been in my life. And so I thought, wow, this is interesting. I'm living the cliche of money can't buy happiness. Right. Okay, so how did I end up here? What, what mistakes of belief did I make? And so then I started thinking about, okay, what is 
happiness, which you sort of start at happiness. And then it's like, well, but happiness is so transient because a bowl of ice cream legitimately makes me happy. Lisa walking into a room when I'm not expecting her makes me happy. But then if she walks back out of the room and I get into a business thing and something's going wrong, then I'm unhappy just as fast as I was happy. So I'm like, that's all really fleeting. So it isn't that like, what is it? And so I just started thinking about what are the neurological states where they feel resilient to grief? That was the one I was like, is there a state where I would feel strong, feel grounded, even if I were grieving? And I was like, the only thing that feels like that is where I'm doing something that feels like it matters, not just to me, but other people. And I love doing it. And so that's when I realized, oh, that's fulfillment. And that's what creates fulfillment. You work really hard to gain a set of skills that matter to you, that serve you, but also serve other people. And I was just like, yeah, word. If you're doing that and you really feel like, hey, what I'm this thing I love that I'm doing, it actually matters. Hmm. That even in the loss of your parent or Mm. God forbid your Mm. spouse, like that would be the only thing you would be able to anchor on Mm. is I do this thing and it matters to other people as much as it matters to me. Uh, So, yeah, as far as I can tell. And then I obviously put everything in an evolutionary context. So I start asking, why would that be the case? And then you realize those are the perfect levers that nature would need to pull on to make sure that you leave the cave and face all the dangers and pursue being a, you know, a giving member of the tribe. I could really derail on, on why it's so beneficial to serve the tribe and all that. It's really fascinating. This has been amazing. Again, thank you so much for giving me a little bit of your time. And I want to close it off by asking you a question that I ask everyone that comes and I missed me. And that is what does healing mean to you? To me, it's going to be very straightforward. So the brain works in a certain way. And once you understand that the brain is going to be whatever you repeat. So if you repeat something over and over and over and it's unhealthy, then you will have created a wound. If you repeat something over and over and over and it is healthy, then you will heal said wound. So you need to figure out what it was that caused the problem in the first place. And then what is the thing you need to repeat that's going to rectify that pattern? So I'll give you an example. I had just unbearable anxiety for a very long time. And I realized 70% of it, I'm ballparking it, but 70% of it was um, what I was drinking. So I was drinking Mm. Diet Monster, which I'm always sad to say that (laughs) because I love them so much. But there's something in them that was disrupting my microbiome, which was then disrupting my neurotransmitters, which was then making me feel anxious all the time. Hmm. As soon as I realized that and cut it out, cool. So the ironically, the thing I was doing over and over and over was drinking in certain chemicals that were having a knock-on effect in my body. Um, You could be telling yourself a story that um, uh, that person broke up with me and Mm. they broke up with me because I'm a loser. They told me I'm a loser. They said, I am leaving you because you are a loser. And now I know it to be true. And what I always remind people is, if you repeat that, you will believe that. And I have a rule in my life that I only do and believe that which moves me towards my goals. Mm -hmm. So if believing I'm a loser moves me towards my goals, great. First, you need to know what your goals are, Mm -hmm. and then you need to actually be able to tell, is this moving me towards that? Uh, And since believing myself to be a loser may work actually briefly, 
Like that actually really may be the kick in the ass you need to like go, okay, I don't want to be a loser tomorrow. But if you say that all the time, it's going to start damaging you. Mm -hmm. And so I don't allow myself to do things that diminish myself. So it really is these very rudimentary understandings of the way the brain works. Whatever I repeat, I'm going to believe. Um, the brain goes through a process called myelination. The reason it does that is your brain is calorically just ravenous. So your brain is whatever, three pounds, but it accounts for something like 25% of all energy consumption in the body. Wow. So your brain is always looking for ways to um, make it less calorically um, demanding to think a thing or feel a thing that you repeat. Yeah. So it will myelinate the neurons, which is to wrap fatty tissue around it to make sure that the signals can travel more rapidly, more efficiently back and forth, which means if you allow yourself to wallow in misery, that will become the easiest state for you to be in. Literally from a caloric consumption standpoint, it will be easier to do that than virtually anything else. So your body's just going to default to that. Also, your brain will offload anything that you do repeatedly to what's called the default mode network. Mm. The default mode network is the mode you go into whenever you're doing something um, that you've done a bunch of times. So now all of a sudden, anytime you're not busy, your mind is going to go into the default mode network. And what's waiting for you there? Your sense of misery and depression. So just mechanistically, you can't allow yourself to repeat something that is self-destructive. Hmm. And so people think, but no, I am a loser. I need to recognize that. I need to focus on that. I need to punish myself for it. It's the, it's the only right way to approach it. And I would say, unless that's your goal is to be <laughs> miserable, that literally doesn't make sense. And so putting that rule in my life allowed me to let go of what I felt like it was a need to punish myself. So that's how I think about healing. I know that I'm gonna guess your audience does not think of it like that. And it's far more spiritual. And no, light. and I think they they have trouble knowing what it actually means. So I think it is very like refreshing to hear something that it's actually like in the brain because I think it's easier for people to understand and actually be like, okay, like I have to, our brain is wired for comfort and not happiness. And so- Your brain's wired for survival. And once you understand, not comfort. Okay. And not- uh, certainly not happiness. Comfort is a proxy for safety. Mm -hmm. Safety is necessary for survival. for survival. But this is why sex makes people do the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> because your brain is like, I need to make sure that you pass on your genes. Your brain cares more about your genes than it cares about you. And this is why men will build a multi-billion dollar empire and throw it away on a beautiful woman. Hmm. Um, so yeah, people need to understand that mating is one of the biggest drivers. So if mm -hmm. relationships is part of what performs on your channel, it's because nature <laughs> wants to make sure that you have kids, but women approach it very differently mm -hmm. than men, because you guys, for a guy, he could literally have a hundred babies in nine months more, but a woman mm -hmm. can only have one mm -hmm. unless she has twins. <laughs> right. But like, it, it is just, it, it's very dangerous in an evolutionary context for women to have children. And for men, it's, it's very frivolous. So you would need to evolve to approach it very differently from, mm -hmm. is this a worthy man? Is mm -hmm. it making me feel the way I want to feel? Like it's right. a way deeper, like breakdown for women, which is why it can be very confusing for guys. Mm -hmm. We're like, what? Mm -hmm. what? <laughs> so, um, it's, it's a far more straightforward thing mm -hmm. for guys. So the differences can be <laughs> problematic. Thank you so much, Tom, again, for giving me your time and this space. My pleasure.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.